Hi, my name is Ava. This is your Truth for Your Twenties podcast with your host, Katie Bormer, my mom. Enjoy listening. Hey, friends, welcome to another episode of the Truth for Your Twenties podcast. Today, we are talking with my new friend, Britt Nelson. Britt has a beautiful online company that decorates and does calligraphy on Bibles. She has a beautiful company and a mission. And with this month of spiritual wellness, I just thought she would be a great conversation on wrapping our head around current events, finding peace in the chaos, and just talk about what it means to be a 20-something in the midst of our current date. My name is Katie Bulmer, a former heartbroken and hungover sorority girl. After I stopped looking for love in all the wrong fraternity boys, God blessed me with a husband who shows Christ's love to me every single day. We are parents of two daughters and thousands of others nationwide, and my heart behind everything I do is to give you truths. The world is screaming at you a bunch of lies, and I don't want you to hear those loud voices. I want you to hear the true voices. Grab your earbuds, grab a chai tea, and let's talk about some truth for your 20s. Hi, everyone. My name is Britt. I'm currently sipping on some uh, lukewarm coffee, <laughs> trying to get through this this quarantine season. Um, like Katie said, I own a business called Gently Bound, basically hand painting the covers of Bibles and journals and doing merchandise and apparel and mugs while also um, working for a church, kind of discipling young married couples. Nice. Yeah. And- So what does, well, I know the current day looks a lot for you differently because we are all currently talking to you right now from quarantine, but what does your day-to-day look like for you? I mean, you can tell us today and then just kind of your normal day-to-day life. Yeah. Okay. So my day-to-day life normally, I'll do normally first. I do work for um, a church here in Orlando, Florida called First Baptist Orlando, and that takes up about 30 hours of my week. So um, some days I'm there all day, 12-hour days, helping run a young adult worship service and discipling young adults that are married with no kids and drinking a lot of coffee. I'm a coffee fanatic. So drinking a lot of iced coffee, um, eating lots of Chick-fil-A, really just just one-on-one discipling women, women that are in their 20s, probably a lot of people that are listening right now, just women who are in relationship, thinking about marriage or engaged or wedding planning. I go to a lot of um, wedding dress fittings and weddings, all that. And it's such a fun job and I love my job. But then the days that I'm not there, I'm at home all day with my two dogs. We have two mini dachshunds. I'm just at home drinking coffee at my desk. I have a studio here in our apartment, and I'm painting all day. I wake up um, early, try to get as many orders done as I can when I'm not at the church in my leggings and sweatshirt, messy bun, no makeup, and really just trying to get those orders shipped out. And I do that about two to three days a week. So I would say in total, I would say say between Gently Bound and my my church job, I am working about 50 to 60 hours a week. So tell me about what stage of life you are in. You said you live in Orlando. You are a, how old are you, Brett? I'm 26. 26 and married, live in Orlando, no kids, right? 
Yep, no kids. Okay. And you met my friend Ivy. Shout out to Ivy Young. She helps me with the podcast, do intern stuff, make all the magic behind the scenes happen. And you met her in Orlando with a Disney internship. Is that correct? Yes. So, and I'll give you a little background to that. When I was in college, I went to a a Bible college to study theology. Right around um, my senior year of college, I decided to move to Orlando to do the Disney College program. I'm sure a lot of your listeners have heard of the Disney College program. It was super fun, but when I got here, I really did realize that this is a very lost place. Employees for Disney are partying and and drinking a lot, really have no idea who Jesus is, and they're coming from all over the world. My husband and I, we were um, dating at the time. We decided to start a little Bible study in Magic Kingdom. This little Bible study ended up, you know, the first week we had like eight strangers there and then it was 16 strangers and then it was 24. And um, it really did grow so fast, so quickly, which turned into a series of Disney life groups. Um, And that was for a long time, for about three years, that was my job with my church was just running our Disney ministry, which I've, my husband and I have got to disciple, you know, hundreds of people over that three years, one of them being her. We got to meet a lot of incredible people and still keep up with a lot of them. But that's kind of how we met. And that was a big, big part of our dating and engaged and into our married life. Okay, awesome. And I'm curious about your the Bible, Gently Bound, Decorating. You guys, you have to check this out on Instagram so you can get a visual about what we're talking about. Is at Gently Bound, right? Yes. Yeah, it's so beautiful. These Bibles, like, oh my gosh, they're just gorgeous. How did Thank you get you. doing that though? I think my husband and I were dating or just engaged and we we're kind of just moved to Orlando permanently because I had no intention of moving permanently to Orlando. And so we had just moved here and trying to figure out what we were doing with our lives. And I told him one day, I was like, hey, let's stop into you know a Bible bookstore and see what I can find that would look kind of like my personality, you know, a Bible or a journal that I can find. And I walked in and I, I didn't find anything that I thought matched who I was or was pretty or anything like that. It kind of all looked like it was made for, you know, 80-year-olds. And so I walked out and and told him, I'm like, man, I wonder if I could paint or design a Bible. And this was before, you know, hand-painted Bibles were this big ordeal because I feel like now there's a lot of hand-painted Bible accounts. But really, I didn't even know at the time that it was a thing. I had no idea that people were doing this. And so I kind of started doing research on Google and ended up ordering just a blank Bible on Amazon and picked it up and bought some acrylic paint and just painted it. And it my first Bible I ever did for myself was not pretty. (laughs) It It took a lot of practice to get to where I am now, but I really did find so much fulfillment while I was doing it and knew that if I practiced that I maybe could get better. Over time, just, you know, I posted that one on my personal Instagram and then, you know, I had some friends reach out to me and say, hey, could you do one for me? And I was charging them really nothing at all just to, you know, get practice and experience to do this as a hobby. I had absolutely no intention of this being a business. And so I'm doing this for good friends and charging them like $30, which was the price of the Bible that I was buying. And 
over time, it's just more and more people asked me to do it. And I, I kind of kept practicing and getting better. And then when we were about to get married, I looked at my husband and I'm like, I think that this needs to be a business. More people are asking me this is further along now than a hobby. And so I started taking just PayPal money and no website, no Instagram, no nothing. And then that turned into an Instagram, which turned into, you know, a few years later, a Etsy shop. And then that turned into a website and that turned into making apparel and mugs. And and now it's just this full-blown business operation that I kind of do out of our two-bedroom apartment. God has just blessed it, but also surprised me because I never thought in a million years that it would be what it is, you know? And, um, and it's really fun. I really love doing it. Well, they're so, I mean, gosh, I feel like beautiful is such a trite word that we use all the time, but they really are just really, really breathtaking. And it just, I don't know, it makes you feel pretty. Maybe it's just a girl thing, guys, (laughs) but you, you enjoy your devotion time and you just feel I don't know, more into it, more like, oh my gosh, this is such a special and sacred time when you open up. And the words, of course, we know are beautiful, but to have that out exterior, it just, it makes a difference. So I love what you're doing with that. Thank you. And I also really, um, I grew up in a in a non-Christian family and kind of never knew anything about scripture or Bibles or, you know, versions of Bibles or any of that. That was totally foreign to me. And what kind of keeps me going on these stressful weeks with doing lots of work for this by myself is I know that if someone, you know, when I was 14, 15 would have given me one of these hand-painted Bibles, I would have read it. You know, I would have been more likely to pick it up. But I think if I would have seen, you know, a Bible that looked like it was boring and for an 80-year-old, I know that I would have never picked it up. I've seen so many of my customers get these for their friends, sisters, mothers, whoever that don't know Jesus. And they've ended up picking it up. And they would have never done that beforehand, but they do because it, it means a lot to them to have their name on the outside or to have fla- their favorite flower colors or whatever. So it really has become just this ministry for me of trying to get people who don't know Jesus to come to know Jesus. And, and that's been really fun for me. You know, they say, don't judge a book by its cover, but at the same time, we are human beings and yes. we're drawn. And I think that it's not... It's not a bad thing to be drawn to things that are beautiful. That's part of how God made us too. He draws us to himself with his hand-painted sunset and tulips that bloom at just the right time in the spring. So beauty is, is part of God's character and we're drawn to that beauty. So making a beautiful Bible that you open up, I, I mean, I think that that's just part of it. I love it. Thank you. I love doing it. It's been such a joy and just seeing it grow over, you know, three years. That's been just kind of um, breathtaking and insane to me, you know, starting something out as a hobby and then it growing into, you know, people that you don't know wanting your work. That's just so crazy to me. So it's just been a wild ride and I've loved every moment of it. Yeah. So in this particular season, though, as a small business owner, as someone who has had to just close a shop because of shipping uncertainties and the post office chaos, you know, maybe this is just a temporary thing. Of course, we hope so. We don't know. Economy, there's this tug at everyone. You want to save the economy and you also want to save lives. How is this affecting you, not necessarily as a business person, but just as a woman of faith? 
What are you clinging to? How are you getting through this? That's a great question. For me, this whole season has really been crazy and eye-opening at the same time for me. Um, I do have a few immune system disorders. And so I am kind of in the bracket for me of being immune sensitive to the virus, which has created this whole um, world for me and my husband that I never thought we would have to be in. You know, we can't leave our house right now to take a walk around the neighborhood because what if we touch a doorknob or, you know, if I was to contract this, I would get ill very quickly. It's We've just kind of had to be creative in this season and to try to keep ourselves sane. And I feel like a lot of listeners right now totally get what we're saying, but I really am just clinging to thinking through my actions affecting other people. I think it's really easy for us in this season to be um, only thinking about ourselves. You know what I mean? And saying, oh, but, you know, I want to do this or I want to, you know, go hang out with my friends or I want. And I think that God calls us, our pastor said this this past Sunday, but He calls us to be wise. And I think right now, wisdom is such a big part in every action that we're taking. Is what you're about to do wise? And that's kind of gotten me through all of my decisions that I'm making right now. For instance, you know, with me closing the shop, I I was praying about it and I really was saying, you know, oh, well, this isn't fair. And, you know, what would happen if I lose income for two weeks or what would, you know, and God just kind of spoke to me and said, Britt, are you being wise? What is the wisest decision that you can make? And the wisest decision was to shut the shop down. And this is wise for other people, not just for myself. And so that's kind of been filtering my decisions. What's really keeping me going is just being thankful. I mean, I get to be inside, you know, with my husband for however long that this is going to be. And we really, we both work a lot and we don't get to spend a lot of time together. And so just being able to spend, you know, a month of unfiltered time together is, I'm so thankful for that. I'm thankful that I get time to read books that I don't, I never get to read. You know, I've had a list of books and that I've wanted to read for a long time that I don't get to do. And I get to listen to worship music and, you know, be out on my porch and just soak in this unfiltered, no plans kind of time. And I think every day, just making a list of everything that you're thankful for, that has really opened my eyes and given me a new perspective instead of just having this spirit of complaining. Yeah, gratitude is the the antidote to fear and worry. So yeah, yes. so good. That's so good. So you told us a little bit about growing up and stuff, but can you just share, you know, you said you didn't really grow up as a woman of faith, but you're obviously <laughs> working for a church and painting Bibles. So what happened between here and there? That's a great question. Um, So I grew up in a very, very non-Christian family. I wouldn't say that they were atheists, but definitely agnostic, knowing that something was out there, but they didn't really want to follow whatever it was. Didn't really have a relationship with my dad. He was, you know, on drugs and kind of a, a drug lord in the town that I grew up in. And mom was dating an alcoholic. So I really was raised by my grandparents and just really, really poor. Grew up on food stamps and 
all those things and not not an ideal childhood. And about the age of 16, you know, of course, not knowing Jesus and being very unchurched, I was partying and drinking and just trying to get any kind of satisfaction from this world that I could get. Not really knowing what that meant, but trying to belong and trying to find friends that way. And at about 16, my best friend, she was also very unchurched, grew up in a non-Christian family, and she was invited by a friend at school, in high school, to a church camp, a youth group camp, and went for about two weeks and came back and just said, Brett, you know, I know you don't know what this means, but this guy named Jesus changed my life. I would love it if you would come to a youth service with me. And I remember never stepping foot in a church before and walking into this youth group and thinking that these people were insane. Like, honest to goodness, they, they, you know, they just came back from this youth group camp. So they're on the, what they call the camp high. And they're doing like motions and raising their hands and singing and playing games. And I I really did think that it was a cult. <laughs> I was like, this is a cult. I'm walking out. This is so weird. And all I remember is it was this little church. And I remember the youth pastor saying, you know, if you don't know who Jesus is, a counselor in the back would love to talk with you. And I remember going in with this counselor in this little room and He was like, hey, you know, here's who Jesus is. And he was trying to map out, bless his heart, he's trying to map out the Romans road and trying to share the gospel. And I just looked at him like, I don't understand anything that you're saying. (laughs) I have no idea what any of this means. All I know is that I just want to know who Jesus is. And he was like, okay, well, if you continue to attend church and, you know, just hang out with us, we can explain it over time. And I was super thankful that he said that because I feel like a lot of times we try, we think if we don't share the gospel in that moment, then, you know, we've missed an opportunity. But he took the time to say, it's okay if you don't understand right now, you know, come consistently and we'll invest in you over time. And it doesn't have to be right this second. It can be over the next few months. And so I remember being 16 and attending every single Bible study and service that I could possibly attend. Like I was attending the legacy adult, you know, 70-year-old women's Mm -hmm. Bible studies as a 16-year-old. And I was going to every service, showing up early and hanging out with only church people and ended up giving my life to Jesus. And pretty much immediate, it was a radical, radical change for me. It was like party Brit that was a cheerleader and dating a terrible guy and, you know, listening to awful music and cussing all the time to this like completely transformed version of myself. I felt like a completely new person and very quickly realized that I was called to do ministry. I mean, it was within probably six months that I really felt that call on my life to study, you know, theology and disciple people and try to share the gospel with people that were like me, you know, that were unchurched and didn't know who Jesus was. And so that's a very short version of my story, but that's kind of how I came to know Jesus. Holy cow. So your dad is a drug dealer. He (laughs) is currently raised by grandmother. And then you start hanging out with everyone you can find at church. I love that. Yes. And it it really was. I feel like, you know, when I share my testimony at church or doing something like this, I feel, I always say that it kind of felt like, and now looking back, it kind of feels like my life was like this movie that 
I couldn't get out of, you know, like it was like every crazy thing that could possibly happen always happened. But God 100% used this um, broken story for beauty. And I know now why I felt like my life was this movie, you know, of all of these crazy things. And I mean, like, for instance, my grandma that raised me was a was a psychic. Wow. <laughs> Just weird little things like that, that I look back now and I'm like, how did I make it through all of that? You know, but God just radically transformed my life and, you know, put me where I am now. And now my family who still are not Christians, but they're starting to ask questions. I never thought that that would ever happen. So God really has used it for beauty. And I'm just thankful. I'm thankful that I've been through all that. I love that. I feel like I have a similar story too. you know, party girl living all the crazy life and stuff and looking at the church as if a bunch of cult people who yes. <laughs> I always say, can they smell my sin if I walk in? Like, do they play with snakes? You know, what, what is all of this yes. church mumbo jumbo? And I, you know, obviously I found an incredible man named Jesus there as well, but I guess I'm just curious if someone's listening and they're super skeptical and they're like, you guys are just drinking the Kool-Aid, like what, whatever, <laughs> you know, I mean, I know there's so many church answers, but I guess just someone who has walked through all of that firsthand, is there something that you wish you could tell your younger self through all of that? Oh goodness. There's a lot of things I wish I could tell my younger self, <laughs> um, I would say looking back, just telling myself that it's not worth it. You know, there's nothing that's going productive that's going to come from that lifestyle. And if you, even if you're not walking with Jesus, if you think through the practicals of that lifestyle in particular, there's just nothing that's going to come from it that's good. And I tried to look at that from even a non-Christian perspective when I did come to know Jesus. What good is it going to do my life to be partying all the time and to be drinking? I'm going to meet guys I don't want to marry. I'm going to be, you know, not in my right state of mind. I'm probably not, I'm going to have trouble getting a good job if I'm posting this stuff on social media. And so that was just the practicals of it. But the spiritual aspect of it is just, I've been, I've been there and waking up, you know, after getting blackout drunk in someone's front yard, there was nothing fulfilling about that. You know, all the popular girls that I wanted to get in with, all the guys that, I wanted to be with that never happened for me. And if it did happen, it was it was awful. It was atrocious. Yeah. And so being through every stage of that, just knowing firsthand, it has never been worth it. I think I would also tell myself and this is a huge one. I remember being, you know, even after I got saved, I think a lot of times when people share their story, it's like, "Oh, well, before I got saved, but even after I got saved, I was in college and really focused my whole entire life on a guy. Everything about my life kind of revolved around this guy. And this is while I was in Bible college. And, you know, I blamed it on, oh, well, I'm just trying to get married and whatever. And we were both Christians. But that kind of rooted in me not having a lot of really great girlfriends. I didn't have a lot of friends. I blamed it on me being misunderstood or um, girls were catty. You know, we can come up with all these excuses. But It really was because my whole world revolved around boys. And I wish that I could go back and tell my younger self that boys are so much. Because now experiencing marriage, you know, 
Mike, my husband, doesn't fulfill every part of my life. And that's for me and Jesus. And now I have an incredible group of girlfriends that have radically changed me spiritually as well. They push me. They make me teachable. They tell me when I'm wrong and when I'm doing well. And that has just radically transformed my life. And I think it's really easy for younger girls in college to just be so boy focused that they're not focused on their girlfriends and investing in that community. And so I wish that going through college, I would have had that really, really close set of girlfriends that would have kind of carried over as best friends for me later on in life. There's a lot of other things that I could say that I wish I would have known younger, but um, those are just a few things that I can think of. No, that's okay. That's awesome. Actually, at the end of the podcast, I always ask, what would you tell your 20-year-old self? But I kind of feel like you just nailed it. <laughs> yes. And there's, there's a lot, a lot of things. I also would have wished I would have told myself that I could do art. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I, say, I say that all the time, but I never really invested in doing creative things. And now that's crazy to think about because now my life is creative, you know, my job and everything I do is, is painting. But at the time when I was 20, I had no idea that I could do art. Wow. And so I kind of wish I would have went back and started Gently Bound a lot earlier. I think it would have given me a lot more purpose. And But everything happens for a reason and God had his timing. But I wish I kind of would have known that I would have had that outlet, you know, when I was younger. Uh, I can relate to so much of that you're saying. I definitely looked for love in the arms of a guy when I was younger too. And I just, yeah, I just thought, well, if only I was prettier, if only I was smarter, if only I said the right things and was jumping through all these hoops for all the wrong guys. And I feel like that is just, it's the same problem. It's the same problem today as it is yesterday. And in 2000 years ago, the story that changed my life was the woman at the well found in John Mm -hmm. chapter four. And she was the same. She was looking for love and all the wrong guys too. And and she was living with a guy she wasn't married to, which Mm -hmm. is shameful today, you know, being married five times and shacking up with someone, you know, people are going to have their their thoughts on that, but even worse in ancient times. And so I always joke that she was doing the walk of shame to the well, wearing her boyfriend's toga. And mm. <laughs> a guy named Jesus, I love that. Yeah. A guy named Jesus met her there and, and had the longest conversation recorded in scripture with a heartbroken girl. So mm. to think that if you tell yourself you're too far gone or you're not enough or not worthy, that that is baloney and get those thoughts out of your mind immediately because the woman that no one would even share a dish with the woman that everyone talked about the woman that was like the epitome of the lowest class the king of the universe had the longest conversation recorded in scripture with her and and that is just something i hope that girls hear you are still worthy and there is a fork in the road today and you can decide which path you want to go on today and, and it can be much different than it was yesterday Yes, that's so good. I love that. I'm gonna I'm gonna listen back to this and write all that down. <laughs> that was so good. With our world going online for the foreseeable future, I wanted to let you know what I am offering on my corner of the internet to help make the most of these unprecedented times. First, I'm offering online mentoring. This is something I started back in December and something I'm so thankful to continue to be able to offer. To be able to have coffee dates with you, my younger friends, mentoring is something I love to do. Everything you see me do started with coffee dates with my younger friends. 
I'm thrilled that that's one thing we can continue to do to have coffee dates virtually through our magical devices called cell phones. Second, I'm offering online executive board training. So if you're executive board, if you're in a sorority and you're kind of trying to figure this out like the rest of us, I would be honored to walk you through my world-changing executive board PDF and help you to make the most of becoming a leader during these unprecedented times. I'm actually meeting with 80 Pies Executive Board at Mississippi State today. Shout out to you ladies. And I hope to continue to offer that to you and your sorority leaders. Lastly, if we are not yet friends on Instagram, what are you actually doing with your life? <laughs> Just kidding. But check me out at Katie Bulmer Life. I offer a free Instagram Live power yoga class every Thursday at 10 a.m. Eastern time. So all you have to do is log in 10 a.m. Eastern time, whatever time that is in your world, and join us for a free power yoga class. Just so you know, power yoga is not your mama's yoga class. We're going to get your heart rate up. We're going to do some challenging moves. But if you've never been to yoga class before, don't worry, I got you. And what a better time to practice than when no one can see you, right? So I'd love to hang out with you through online mentoring, through training your executive board, or through a yoga class. I made myself as easy to find on the internet as possible. You can find all this information at Katie Bulmer Life on Instagram or katiebulmer.life on the World Wide Web. I hope you guys are staying safe, staying well, staying home, and we can make the best of these times. Remember, we're all in this together. Okay, switching back to our current circumstances, a lot of people are in quarantine. There's so many things shut down. I just want to talk to the girl who perhaps is facing college graduation or maybe someone Mm. who just got unemployed or just the girl who has so much up in the air right now. That's just a very unsettling time. And I know that you do not have all the answers, but as someone just who is walking with students in their faith every day, what kind of advice or just something that we can cling to during this time? It's a great question. A few weeks ago, I spoke at, we have a young adult gathering called The Table, and it was on, you know, shame and guilt. And one of the points that I made, which applies now, is just tell yourself what is true. I think a lot of times, um, especially in this girl culture that we have going on right now, we want to speak positivity. That's that's all we want to do, positive, positive. So it could be if a girl says that she is feels overweight or she feels ugly or whatever, we might say, oh, but you're, you're pretty, you're pretty, you're pretty, you know what I mean? And when you go home at night, in reality, that doesn't really help. You know, you yeah. still go back to those feelings of, oh, they're just saying this because blank. Or, oh, they're just saying that because um, they're my friend, you know, and it really never helps. But you know what does help is truth. And the truth is you are fearfully and wonderfully made. And so I think in this season, what I've tried to do instead of getting anxious, instead of um, saying, oh, what if this happens? Right now for me, I have a trip coming up. And so I've been, I I get in this, you know, mental state of saying, well, what if it's canceled? And what if I got to get my money back? And what if uh, blah, blah, blah. And God just says, no, Britt, what is true? Yeah. Here's what is true. We don't know what's going to happen tomorrow. And we don't know how quickly this virus is going to clear up. And that is what I've been kind of clinging to. And so if your graduation is canceled, or let's say something does happen, what is true? Okay, my graduation is canceled. Okay. But what is true further than that? Well, what is true is that that is the purpose for my celebration. 
you know, I get to show my family that I'm walking out th- across the stage. Okay, well, what can we do that would be a creative solution to that? Creative ways of um, redeeming this whole situation that we've been in. Um, and telling yourself what is true and not all of these what-if anxiety um, scenarios. And I think I've I've gotten really, really bad at that in this season of just sitting down and saying, okay, what if this happens? What if this happens? What if this happens? And what really helps me is just taking a step back and saying, no, 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 don't know what ifs right now. What is true currently in this second, in this moment, what is true? And that's really, really helped me. I would say if you're disappointed, if you're discouraged over something that has been canceled or you're walking through a hard time, really, really try to seek out community. Um, that has been a game changer. I know for me and my husband, we've been, we have a young married life group and our life group's been Zoom calling just about every night playing games together mm-hmm. on Zoom. And that has just completely transformed this whole quarantine experience. And I know a lot of churches are going online. I know a lot of life groups are going online. Try to find one, even if you don't know anyone in your group. You know, try to find just someone, a mentor, a group leader, a friend that you can talk through. And don't keep it all to yourself. I think that's where Satan wins is when we're in isolation and when we're just telling these things over and over again to ourselves. And so reaching out to that community and telling yourself what is true are two things that has really helped me in the past few weeks. Britt, that is so much good wisdom. I am so excited for everyone to hear this and just to find some peace during this time and some practical advice that is like crazy, crazy helpful. What are some resources that you would suggest that have been helpful to you along the years? And then maybe the suggestions that you give to the people you help in the community as well? Man, um, resources. That's a great question. I would say any um, kind of Christian material that anyone has ever suggested to you in your life, let's say a mentor 10 years ago even suggested a book to you, I would take the time right now to read that. And I know that's not a specific answer, but real, like I know, I remember when I was in youth group, right after I came to know Jesus, you know, my mentor at the time recommended all these books to me. And this was 10 years ago, but at the time I was like, man, I don't have time because I have homework. And then I went to college and then I got married. And now is the perfect, perfect time to read through all of that. Anything that has ever been suggested to you, order it, go ahead if you can and order it on Amazon, get a library card. They're still doing that digitally. Listening to it on audiobook, I would just suggest that. I would say also get creative in this time. I know there's a lot of great um, hand lettering, calligraphy resources. I know all girls love to try to do calligraphy. And so doing um, some worksheets, I know they offer some on Pinterest. If you just type in like hand lettering worksheets or calligraphy worksheets, printing those out at home and just doing that. God wants us to be creative. He is the ultimate creator of the universe. Doing things that you normally wouldn't do. I know for me, I um, I bought a Cricut maker a long time ago and I've never touched that thing. And so for me, it's just kind of getting out of the box and getting my hands going and and doing something that I wouldn't normally do and doing the cricket or reading some fiction books, you know, Christian fiction or normal fiction or nonfiction or whatever, but 
ta- really taking this time to read all those resources or listen to all those podcasts that have been recommended to you and reaching out to your mentors and asking them for recommendations. I'm sure they have a ton of them. And so really texting them and saying, hey, is there a book I can order on Amazon? Or is there something, a podcast you recommend? And kind of just just really leaning into that and doing that during this time. That's really, really good advice. Yes, my friends, the person who says I don't have time to read, guess what? You have just been giving a gift, the gift of time. And what a great time to use your extra time to fill your brain with incredible things. There's, you know, they say the the people, the stuff that makes a man is what you read and the places you go. Well, you can't yes. go a lot of places right now. So <laughs> stock up on reading. Yes. I love that. You said something, I want to get on a sweatshirt and it was, God wants us to be creative. He is the ultimate creator of the universe. I love that quote. Good. I might put that on a sweatshirt. That's a great idea. You just gave me a great idea for the next collection. There you go. Okay, guys, Britt has graciously given, is going to do a giveaway of one of her Bibles. So at the time this podcast hits the universe, (laughs) hits the airways, check out myself and her on Instagram, and we're going to have all the information you need to see and win and get your hands on one of her beautiful hand-lettered Bibles. So check that out as soon as this hits the airways. Yes, I'm so excited. Thank you for doing that. Okay, Britt, thank you for sharing your wisdom with us, telling some stuff that you would tell your 20-year-old self, and just having a good cup of coffee with us. I loved it. Good. I loved it too. It was so much fun talking with you, my new friend Katie, and just talking to all of our friends that are listening. I'm praying that something I said was used for his glory. And so um, you can kind of glean from that in this um, crazy season that we're in right now. How can people find you on Instagram? They can find me at Gently Bound, G-E-N-T-L-Y-B-O-U-N-D. I hope I spelled that right. Yeah, at Gently Bound, all of my work is on there. My hand-painted Bibles, journals, apparel, mugs, all of the above. Um, It's all on there. Awesome. Thanks so much, Brett. You're welcome. Hey, if you made it to the end of this podcast, that means we spent like 30 or 45 minutes together. That basically means we're best friends and best friends need to help each other out. So sister, I would love if you take a screenshot of this episode, put it out there on social media and tag me at Katie Bulmer Life, because I would love to thank you, give you a virtual hug and make this friendship official. You sharing it with your friends are the reason this podcast is growing. You are the people who are helping. Hey, my name is Hannah Bulmer. Thanks for listening to my mom's podcast. Bye. (laughs) and our work here is done